very deep. Out to right. Gone! It's the Sports Fan Show with Anthony Guma on a Tuesday night. Uh... Route 6 o'clock or so in Lincoln, Nebraska, University of Nebraska podcast studio in Anderson Hall. Joined by uh, Nebraska bowling man himself, Mr. Josh Quas from Minneapolis, Minnesota? Hutchinson, Minnesota. Hutchinson, Minnesota. How an hour far? west. An hour west, okay. Uh, yeah, he's going to join us. We're going to be talking about some college football that went down in week one. A lot of news to talk about that. Uh, segment two, the NFL is going to be coming up here this Thursday with the Lions and Chiefs starting up. We'll give our pr- playoff predictions on that later in the show. And then segment three, uh, the best rivalries in all of sports. So, uh, Josh, thank you for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, thank so, you for having me. I'm yeah, to go. Let's do it. I say this is your first podcast you've ever been on, That's right? That's true. It is my first. So Yeah, because we walked in the podcast studio here and Josh like, I've never been in this room before. No, it's, it's nice how it doesn't echo in here. I know. It's crazy. Nice. And then you have like the headphones on so you oh, hear yeah. yourself. Is, yeah. that, is that cringy at all? No, no, especially after doing those audio projects that we have had to do. Okay, uh, it's, it's good for me. Okay, uh, so Josh, you went. You're on the men's bowling team, correct? Yes. Men's varsity. What's your average high score, or what's your average score? Uh, average score right now is probably in the 190s. I go low 190s. Uh, like let's go 192. Okay, and your highest score ever as a bowler. 268. I want that 300 one day, but right now it's 268. Okay. So, and then were you in, were you at, like with your family when you ha- when that high score happened? Uh, were you like were you with your family and going out bowling one night when that happened? Uh, it was a Saturday morning uh, high school league. Uh, I had my mom and my grandma and my dad in the background, and I remember my mom was giving me crap, and it made me mad. And I just for some reason just got so mad to where I just completely locked in, got that 268 game, and uh, very satisfied. So you're saying if I come to a bowling tournament, I just got to tick you off like crazy, huh? <laughs> it either works or it doesn't. Sometimes I do really bad if I'm mad, or sometimes it's really good. There's not really that. I'll either bowl 160 or 240. There won't be that 190 average. Okay. And I'm just curious here, last question before we get into the, the football side of this uh, segment. But as a bowler, it's not as big as attention as football, basketball, softball, baseball, whatever. But you're still a D1 athlete. So how do you manage uh, being a student while being an athlete at the same time? Like, I know you have practice here in a couple hours. We got to get this rolling. But, like, how do you balance that as a student athlete? Yeah, it's um, it's not as hard, obviously, as football and stuff because football, they have practice, like, every day for a long time and all the stuff they do. Um, but still, you know, got gone on the weekends, especially when we're traveling to places like Milwaukee, Las Vegas. You know, you got to keep up on your homework. So especially starting in the middle of last fall when I was starting to fall back, I just made a list and I did everything I could before we left for the tournaments. And then during the weekends when we were off at night, uh, just continued to work at it because we got to, you know, got to have that at least that 2.0 to be able to bowl or Stuff like that. So, you know, it's got to keep give my list, the to-do list, make sure that gets done, and uh, give all the effort I got. Alrighty. Well, we're going to go ahead and dive into the week of college football. Let's do this! All right. I say, I had my top five games to watch uh, last episode. Go back and listen to that if you haven't yet. Colorado TCU. Colorado wins 45-42. We'll talk about that actually pretty soon. Travis Hunter played both sides of the ball. Shadir Sanders throws for uh, 510 yards, which is a Colorado record. Four receivers, though, go over 100 yards. TCU, Monty Bailey, a transfer from Louisiana. He had 164 yards, but pretty much just was just an offensive showdown, pretty much, for Colorado. At least Boise State, Washington. I thought this was going to be a much closer game. 
Washington blew him out. I think it was 56-19 yeah, or something like that. Uh, Michael Penix Jr., 450, 450 passing yards, five touchdowns. Uh, Rome Adunzi, I think how you say his last name. Yep. Uh, 132 yards. Washington had 28 in the second quarter. I think that's what pretty much cruised him over. Uh, college game day, North Carolina, South Carolina, Battle of the Carolina Border. It was pretty much, it was pretty an even match mm-hmm, yeah, throughout, but South Carolina got shut out in the third quarter. Uh, British Brooks, 15 rushes for 103 yards. Uh, South Carolina, Xavier Leggett, nine receptions for 178 yards. Spencer Rattler also, I think, led the team in rushing, but he also, mm-hmm. no, he didn't because he also got like sacked like 20 times. <laughs> but it felt like, uh, Louisiana State University taking on Florida State University. Travis or Jordan Travis and Kean Coleman is going to be a matchup to watch that quarterback reception or quarterback receiver relationship. Uh, Jordan Travis threw for 342 yards and 122 of them went to Keon Coleman. Uh, Jaden Daniels kind of had a pretty solid first half at least, but in that second half, Florida State dominated 31 to seven. Uh, the second half points, final score, 45-24 in favor of the Seminoles. And then Clemson and Duke, this one was, I did not watch this. I was on the boat on Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was looking at the, looking to prepare for this. I was looking at the stats. I'm like, how did Clemson lose this game? Yeah, the box score does not show. No, it does not show. Yeah. Will Shipley had 114 rushing yards. He had six receptions for 29 of them. Riley Leonard, he only threw 175, but he had 98 rushing yards. I'm like... It sounds like a Jeff Sims stat line, but yet, yeah, you're right. But yet, Clemson lost twenty-eight seven. Duke pulls the upset. So then, which leads us into the first question here, Quas. Uh, what was the biggest shock in Week One for college football, at least for you? For me, it's not one specific game. It's uh, all the games actually. The lack of close games. Uh, there was eighty-seven games in Week One. And only 16% of them, which is 14 games, were within one score. Uh, and comparing that to last year, week one, there was 23 games within one score. So just the lack of close games. Uh, even like the smaller schools playing each other, there wasn't that many close games. So that's the thing that surprised me the most. Yeah, speaking of which, I uh, I, t- I told you this when we were having supper before this. Uh, but 23 teams scored over 50 points, which... Yeah. Is I don't know if that's a record, but it's got to be something worth. Feels like it. Oregon scored eighty-one, Ole Miss seventy-three, and Oklahoma scored seventy-three. Cincinnati scored sixty-six, Auburn scored fifty-nine, Cal yeah, over Cal. North Dakota scored over fifty-eight, yeah. and Notre Dame scored fifty-six over Tennessee State. This was an offensive showdown for yeah, a lot of schools. Mm-hmm. I think Syracuse even scored sixty-five against Colgate. Yeah. You know, like it was insane. It's all just, the amounts of scoring that happened. Yeah, so yeah, all the blowouts pretty much. And, I mean, the biggest shootout we got was probably Colorado and TCU, which does that shock you? Does Deion, Is this Deion Sanders thing working, or are we overreacting by, hey, they beat TCU, good for them, but we got to see later on to the year? Uh, well, first of all, I wasn't a TCU, or not a TCU, I wasn't a Colorado believer going into the year. Um, I thought they would lose this game, but the offense looked I mean, I guess both offenses look great. Um, so I, I'll believe I'll believe the week coming from Dion. Um, you know, they got to win over a ranked team in TCU. Now TCU does not have a lot of players that they had last year. They lost a lot of guys. I say, granted, they lost Max Duggan, Kendrick, Condre Miller, mm-hmm. like Ken, Ken, Condre, Kendrick, whatever. They're running back. They lost a lot of their guys. They, yeah, they did. TCU, at least, 
living in the moment, I'm like, this team is not good whatsoever. Um, I did not believe in TCU, not even in the playoffs. Like, I was a firm TCU hater. Yep. And when they got to the national championship, people were saying they could actually pull it off. I'm like, they literally can't. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't want to pull a David and Goliath story, but this is way worse than David and Goliath. Yeah. Max Duggan can only do so much. Well, not even that, but this is also Georgia, who was the most dominant team throughout mm-hmm. the whole entire season. TCU, I felt like, got lucky at some points, or they somehow some magic got pulled on. But, great, like, Colorado, they played a, a phenomenal game. Not just like on the offensive side, and this is what I'm telling people, is Colorado is probably going to be like last year's TCU, where they have a top 10 offense, but they also have like a bottom tier defense. Yep. So they're going to be playing a lot of shootouts throughout the season, because we pull up Colorado's schedule, heck, next week, they're playing at home against Nebraska. Yep. So that that's going to be another different story. If we were a Nebraska-only podcast, we'd probably be in a diver deep into this. Then they go, then they play versus Colorado State at home again. And then they go on the road to Oregon, then back home against USC. Th- those two, those two power games, or not power, Pac 12 games are going to be crucial, especially for the defense to say how, say, how can we go against Bo Nix? How can we go against Caleb Williams? Exactly. Cause like TCU, you know, they lost a lot of guys and they gave up, they let them score 42 on them. So what do you think how Oregon and USC and their offenses, especially when you got Caleb Williams there? No, how how is the defense going to form up against I mean, them? Oregon scored eighty one. Yeah, they scored <laughs> eighty one. So like, if if Colorado's giving up forty two to TCU, that defense better get ready pretty soon because they got those two tough teams in Oregon and USC coming up pretty soon. Mm-hmm. I think so. For you, the biggest shock was the lack of close games. And granted, it's week one, a lot of teams play these mediocre schools mm-hmm. or a lot of FCS schools, you know, or D two. I think probably one of the biggest. Shocks is probably the was Ohio State and Indiana game. Yeah. You know, people thinking Ohio State could probably win the national championship again. For me, I don't know how you feel about the squash, but for me, Ohio State is probably going to have a little bit of a down year. But like we think of Alabama, like they're not the dynasty they were before. Heck, people are saying number four is too high for them or too low for them. And Ohio State this year. You lose you lose CJ Stroud. You still have the receiver core. The D line's all right, but the defense. The, Jim Knowles and their defensive coordinator lost the game to Michigan. Uh, they were a field goal away from shocking the world of potentially beating Georgia if Marvin Harrison stayed healthy in that game. I and Kyle McCord. I just don't know much about him. If that could be why yeah. I'm not an Ohio State believer. I had them going nine and three this year. Losing, I think, to Wisconsin and Penn State are and the are the big ones. So I think that's probably the biggest surprise is the fact that they didn't really like it was close. I believe in the first half, it was yeah, it was only like ten to three yeah in the first half until they had their ten point performance and shut them out in the third quarter. But the one thing that I kept in mind was Ohio State few years ago, I think it was 2021, they opened at Minnesota, and I'm not saying this because they're playing Minnesota. That's what, That was C.J. Stroud's first game, and um, you know, it was it was a very close game until Ibrahim got hurt, so I was just trying to keep that in mind of like, you know, it's a new quarterback, you know, you gotta learn all that, so maybe that's why it was a close game, but still, you know, that's Indiana. I, yeah, I'd say that's Indiana, that's arguably one of the worst teams yeah. in, not just in the Big Ten, but probably in all of college yeah, football. exactly. So, 
Which, speaking of which, I think this also will probably correlate into the biggest shock. But I just talked about earlier LSU and Clemson losing. But granted, LSU was losing to a much better Florida State team, which people were saying the hype was unreal. Mm -hmm. Clemson just didn't really play well whatsoever. Nothing went right for them against Duke. But two schools who are in the Big 12 who got upset majorly. Baylor loses to Texas State and... T.J. Finley, who I don't know if you're well aware of, but he played quarterback at LSU, then transferred to Auburn, and then transferred to Texas State now. He leads over Baylor, and then Texas Tech loses on a two-point conversion to Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish I had Char- uh, Charlie Wing here. He'd probably be talking oh, a yeah, lot about Wyoming. a bunch about Wyoming. But, like, so the question that brings up for, to me at least, is which loss was worse? Is it LSU and Clemson, or is it Baylor and Texas Tech? See, for I'll go Baylor, Texas Tech, because, you know, Clemson was playing, I think at the time, number eight, Florida State. Sorry, LSU was playing. I said, yeah, eight, LSU Florida was State. playing. I was going to. Clemson played a Duke team that not a lot of people are looking at, but Duke is very, um, very experienced. They have a lot of seniors on that team. So that one, I mean, I thought Clemson was going to win, but Duke winning didn't surprise the crap out of me. Whereas Baylor losing to Texas State, whereas they were 27 and a half point favorites, I'm pretty sure, in that game. And then, um, you know, Texas Tech losing to Wyoming. Didn't see that one coming either. So I'm going to go with the Baylor-Texas Tech duo. Yeah, I think that's probably worse for them, especially since they're in the same conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also Texas Tech is going to have to play Auburn, or not Auburn, Oregon yep. now. And I think Baylor, they also have a rough game coming up, I think, against Utah. Yep, you're playing Utah, yep. So that itself, it's like... Put them in 0-2 spots, pro for them. Almost, yeah. Like, you have to pull upsets for that to happen. That's not the start you won. And the Big 12 is—I don't know how the Big 12 is with football this year. Everyone's saying Texas is going to win it. You still have Kansas State that could be in it. Uh, people are saying even Kansas itself could win the conference. I don't even know. I have Oklahoma, Oklahoma fans. Are- I, I have Oklahoma winning it, especially, mm-hmm. how once again, that when— the last last year, you look at it before they played Nebraska. They look like a tremendous, a tremendous college football team. They played Nebraska, but I think Nebraska had their Nebraska curse, where teams were losing like crazy. Yeah, we'll see about Minnesota if this thing's real or not. But uh, the AP twenty five poll came out at roughly around one thirty ish. Have you looked at the rankings by any chance at all? I have looked at them some. Okay, what are a few notes that you have of the, of the rankings? A few notes that I have. Uh, Florida State moving up to number four. I'm fine with that. I like that. I'm a believer in Florida State this year. Um, second one was Clemson dropping to 25. I thought they should have dropped out of the rankings because Iowa, you know, they had a 10-point win over Utah State, 24-14. I thought they should have stayed at 25, and Clemson I, should be out. Yeah, I think, I think the same thing, too. I think— Especially since Iowa was ranked, they had a ten point win. But and then the, Iowa only dropped one spot. They're the first team out of, out of the top twenty five, mm-hmm. and they have an undefeated record. Clemson, on the other hand, was the ninth best team coming into this game. Got upset by Duke, who I think was probably, I think they're probably t- in the top thirty at least. Maybe I think they're they're outside twenty five for sure. But I think they're probably in the twenty five thirty, maybe even lower than that area. But they just look so downright awful, but it's yeah, only one thing. game. Because, yeah, they got upset, but they didn't lose by, like, seven. They lost by 21. Yeah, especially— three scores. I don't know. That's It's just a weird thing for sure. A few notes. Uh, anything else you got? No, I think those are the main two that, that I looked at was Florida State and Clemson and then Iowa not being in there. Mm-hmm. 
And then Colorado, obviously, at 22. Yeah, Colorado's now 22, which is uh, a crazy jump to where they were earlier. I think you had—this is why I question if Colorado's being already too hyped already, because, yes, they did beat TCU, and, yes, their offense looked phenomenal. But I think we st- we still have to wait until conference play, but that's going to be three, four weeks in advance until we see teams who they truly are. So a few notes that I have— um, I I think I I truly really think that USC should be above Ohio State. Knowing USC is now two and zero, both their games were blowouts. It was close against San Jose State in the first half, mm-hmm. but then they just went off in the second half. Ohio State didn't really play a true performing dominating team as you would Ohio State. But like what you were saying, maybe new quarterback, maybe just a slow start before the, the ball gets rolling. But I think if. If you were to look at USC and what they have done, would you say they are better than Ohio State? Yes. Yeah. So I think I think I truly think that they're a top five team. I would put Notre Dame above Tennessee, honestly. But I mean, two games. Yes, they're mediocre teams, but you scored forty two than fifty six. Mm-hmm. Like, no disrespect to Navy. Salute to what they do for us in real life. But they're not a good football team. But yep. they put on forty two on them. Tennessee State, same thing. They're like. They're a school that Alabama's going to be playing just blow them out just because they need a, a schedule filler and they need an easy win. Mm-hmm. So, because the Notre, what Notre Dame is doing is they are prepping for Ohio State, which is coming up on the 23rd. And they play Central Michigan, they play NC State. That's going to be a very interesting game to watch. Yep. Then they play Central Michigan and then they play at home against Ohio State. They're just building up for that. I think, my opinion, Notre Dame, yes, I mean, granted, they're. 10th in the rankings they should have been above Tennessee because Tennessee yes they played Virginia but at the same time Virginia's not really that good and the final note that I think I had uh it was like what you said Clemson should have been out of the rankings and is the Colorado uh at 22 a good ranking is it too high I guess we'll find out after they play Nebraska yeah I think it's too high for now but yeah like you said we'll We'll know after the Nebraska game if they're really if Dion's really coming or not. Yeah, I think the that, that place is going to be absolutely electrifying. I think I was telling Caleb this. It almost feels like, you know, since we're students at Nebraska, mm-hmm. let's just break down just a little bit yep. about this game because big noon kickoff is going to be there. It almost feels like for Nebraska, it almost it's almost like you're playing Alabama. Yeah, like that's how big this game truly is because like Nebraska's own one to Minnesota. You can't go zero and two against Colorado, and then they could pick up. They, they're going to more than likely, fingers crossed. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to pick up wins against Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech. Yep. But you can't start. You can't start zero and three or two. Like you can start two and two, and be okay against Michigan. It'd be better if you were three and one. Yeah. But I really don't know how this Colorado team is going to face a Nebraska team. Or I don't I or vice versa. I don't know how this Nebraska team is going to prepare for this Colorado team. Yeah, because or well, so let's rewind a little bit. You went to the game. You saw it live. Like, what were your thoughts about the new Nebraska team this year? Um. Well, we learned that Jeff Sims cannot throw the ball very well. So um, that's you know Casey threw it decently. So that's a little bit interesting. But I thought the one highlight I will take away from that game for Nebraska is the defense. Defense played really well. Uh, they really stopped the Gophers running game. Um, so that was something interesting. You know, Nebraska's had a struggling defense, and they, they shut down the Gophers for the most part. 
And um, you know, offensively, I think we should I think we should bring the triple option back here. You know, especially since you can't really pass. I think that'd be sick because there there was some read options where, you know, Jeff Sims got some really good yardage. Um, so yeah, I think the triple option should be an option against Colorado. I mean, they ran the read option phenomenal. I mean. I was saying this to my roommate when we were watching the game. Like, he's such a phenomenal runner. Yes, he is. The player he reminds me of is a Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. You know, questions about throwing the ball, questions about his mind reading, but you cannot question his running ability. The ability, it's because, like, I think they they had the ball inside, like, the five-yard line, and they did a read, read option, which could be dangerous, mm-hmm. but he took that out and ran, like, a 30-yard play. Yep. Yeah, I know. It was very interesting. He's a strong lower half because the Minnesota defense is— they they really focus on tackling and Jeff Sims broke the tackles a bunch of times. It was his lower his strength and just in general is just insane. He'll be really good. Yep. And speaking of Casey Thompson in his first game as Florida Atlantic University five. as an owl, five touchdowns, two hundred eighty yards, only had five incompletions. And granted, he threw one pick, but I think that's the Casey Thompson Nebraska fans were hoping for. Oh yeah, very much. You know. So, but. I don't know. I mean, it's 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 going to be an interesting week. The big one for sure is Nebraska-Colorado. Another one, Alabama-Texas. This one's going to be in at Alabama. How's that week going to go? Uh, Pac-12 also starts undefeated. Yeah, they do. In their final year. Their final year, unless somehow the commissioner decides to bring 10 and more, te- <laughs> 10 more teams from the Mountain West or the MAC or any, something like that. I don't know. But... Yeah, it's just been a crazy week in the college football world. Uh, stay tuned, y'all. The NFL is now going to be underway here pretty soon. Thursday Night Football, Lions, Chiefs, playoff predictions coming up next on the Sports Fan Show. Segment number two, the NFL kickoff coming up here this upcoming Thursday. Lions versus Chiefs on Thursday Night Football. Cowboys versus Giants on Sunday Night Football. And then Bills and Jets on Monday Night Football. Uh, But we forgot to do the top five games of week two. So uh, the list that I came up that I'm going to be recapping on my next episode is going to be Nebraska versus... So these are the top five games to watch in week two. Nebraska versus Colorado. Texas A&M versus Miami. I'm going to be biased and going to Iowa and Iowa State, Texas and Alabama, and Cincinnati versus Pittsburgh. I think, honestly, Pittsburgh, uh, they're the least talked about team, and so is Cincinnati and, and probably all of college football. It, it, this is probably going to—I don't care if it's a blowout because remember I said Boise State and Washington was going to be a close game. did not even happen. So those are my top five games to watch. So, Quas, uh NFL is now coming up. Yes, around the is. corner. What are a few games that you're most likely forward to be watching too? First off, Lions and Chiefs because it's the first NFL game of the year. Um, and should uh, the Chiefs are going to do because Travis Kelsey is questionable with that hyperextended knee, and McCole Hardman is gone. So I'm just interested to see how Mahomes adjusts to that, especially first game of the year. And um, you know, I think the Lions could upset, but um, see how their defense does. Yeah, I still think. But the good, but the thing about the Chiefs though is. So the thing about like the Chiefs is they still have Isaiah Pacheco, who is one of the uprising running backs in the league right now. 
it's Mahomes. I know last year people were saying, you don't have Tyree Kill anymore. You Like, how are you going to adjust? Well, sure enough, he adjusted by winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, he did. You, you know, but also you lost Juju. You, they still have Kadarius Tony, and yes, you lost McCole Harmon, like what you said. So it's a whole, it's another group for Patrick Mahomes, but also he's also the quarterback to get the job done. And uh, the Lions, I really don't believe in their hype whatsoever. Uh, granted, they had some draft picks that were good. Some of them were a bit of a stretch. But what did the Lions do to get better is what I always ask people. Mm-hmm. The first thing the first thing they brought up, they got C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Forget about him. He tore his ACL. Move on. What else? Then they, then they go blank. Then they seriously go blank. I could ask Trevor. I could ask Dylan this. They could say another thing. But, like, I remember watching the draft with Dylan. He was mad that they drafted Jameer Gibbs over Christian Gonzalez. And then they turn around, and they also got... Jack Campbell in the first round over yeah, just right after Christian Gonzalez got picked. You know, they got the guy in Brian Breach who's probably, I'm not sure if he's going to be good or not, but I think he could be good. Uh, it's just going to be very interesting to see how the Lions, like, because granted, they were 1-7, and seven, I believe, before they turned around their season, almost made the playoffs, but you still have Jared Goff as your quarterback. Mm-hmm. You lost your 1,000-yard rusher in Jamal Williams and your power back in DeAndre Swift. Um, Amon, how do you say his name? Amon Ron St. Brown. Oh, uh, yeah, Amon Ron St. Brown. Something like that. He's a good receiver. He's an all-pro. He's got to step up in some way, shape, or form. They don't have Jameson Williams because he's now out with gambling. The guy has only played a few games here and there, and he's <laughs> now entering year three almost in the end of— No, year two. No. It's got to be year three. I think because he tore his ACL, he was out for that whole. He was out for the season, then came back. He tore his ACL before the national champ or after, during the national championship game. Because the oh, because we traded. He might be traded, just entering year three. I think he's entering year three. Well, didn't we trade him? We traded the pick to the Lions last year. For yeah. Him. Oh wait, this is twenty twenty three. So he's entering year two. Yeah. Year two. Okay, my my mistake. I just. It's just crazy to think that he's only been in the league for two years, and it seems like it's been three when he barely even plays. So, so yeah, I mean, that, that that's going to be a good game to watch. I believe this isn't going to be just on Amazon. It's going to be on national broadcast yep. on NBC, I NBC. believe. NBC. Yes. So, is there uh, another game you're looking forward to this, this week? Bills and Jets. Um, I'll, I'll start with the Jets in a second, but the Bills didn't do much to add in the offseason. You know they're trying. They're in the upper shallot. They're trying to compete with the Bengals and Chiefs, and they don't really do anything. So that's interesting. And then the Jets, obviously, that's the big question mark for everybody. Uh, you know the O line. That's that's literally the biggest question mark I feel like for them. Rodgers goes as far as that offensive line goes, and uh, you know Brees Hall and Delvin Cook. Interested to say how they use yep. those two. I think. Yeah. I think we, we talked about this earlier uh, today, and. We said, or at least I said, that the New York Jets are almost like the, the Colorado Buffaloes for the NFL. Yep, they are. There's a lot of question marks about this team. There's a lot of hype. There's a lot of hate. There's a lot of uncertainty. Can Aaron Rodgers get the job done with his group? I absolutely believe 100% he can. Mm-hmm. It's just, as a defensive-minded coach in Robert Sala, is he going to trust more in his defense? That's a mediocre defense. Granted, they have uh, Quinn Williams, who's ar- ar- arguably one of the best 
defensive linemen in the NFL right now. They have Sauce Gardner, who's one of the uprising corners in the NFL. Maybe he's top five, maybe top ten. It's you, I don't I don't really know about the Jets. I mean, they also ha- I think they also have a roughly tough schedule, but also easy. They're like middle of the pack in their yeah. scheduling, right? So. I I think the Jets are going to be relatively good. They're not going to win their division, though. However, I think they will make the playoffs. So I agree. I got them in the playoffs as well. Yep. My uh, two games to watch for Week One in the NFL. They both come at twelve o'clock. Uh, the number one, I have Bengals and Browns. So uh, we we talked about this earlier, but we talked about this earlier, and how the in my opinion the AFC North is arguably one of the the, the is the best division in the football. People might say, well, you got the AFC East now, or what about the AFC West? The AFC West is still one of the biggest buzz conferences last year in football. Mm-hmm. The AFC North, though, all four teams can make the playoffs. The Bengals can win the, win the Super Bowl this year. The Ravens are conference contenders. The Browns are conference contenders. The, the Steelers are divisional contenders. They're not going to probably go far in the playoffs, Yeah, but they could still win that division. For sure. In the AFC North, it's just like the Big 12. They eat each other up. They bang each other up all year. And then probably when you get to the playoffs, unless you're the Bengals, you thrive. You know, Or you don't—the you, Bengals thrive. But, like, they, they're so beat up where they just—they're exhausted by the playoffs coming. So that's going to be a good game to watch. Well, Joe Burrow, is he going to play with that calf strain? Is he going to take the, uh, the day off? Deshaun Watson, all the rest all gone. Hopefully he comes back. Won't believe he'll be back in like his prime form. Yeah, but hopefully he's back to being the elite player he was, which I need him to be because he's on my fantasy team. Oh. So, yeah, I screwed that over and said I drafted Jonathan Taylor in the second round by accident. <laughs> oh boy! But I wanted Jalen Hurts back, so I picked Jonathan Taylor. Thank goodness I got a a robbery trade mm-hmm. and ended up with Evan McPherson and Darren Waller, giving up Jonathan Taylor and Jarek McKinnon. So. Anyways, uh, the second game I got then, it's going to be on the lower end, but this division is so bad, it's almost funny to make, it's almost funny to watch, and but it's also disgusting. I got the Panthers and the Falcons, this one, you know, Bryce Young, first first career game, he will be the starter, I believe they've announced. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam Thielen, now in a Carolina's uniform, uh, Miles Sanders is in a Carolina uniform as well. They got a couple of good signees. And the Falcons, they had some questionable signings as well, like Taylor Heineke in the quarterback slot. Yep. Uh, who was, in my opinion, should have been Washington's full-time guy. But I think they tried that and it just didn't really work out. And then they also have Jesse Bates on the defensive side. So how is that de- defense going to bring up another level? And when they have A.J. Terrell on that on the mm-hmm. corners, who's, art, who's also a young corner who is really, really good. So um, those are the two games to watch. So Quas. What's your uh, playoff prediction? Like, who do you got uh, winning the divisions in the wild card this year? All right. Number one seed in out of the AFC West, I got the Chiefs. Two seed AFC North champs, the Bengals. Three seed AFC East champs, Bills. And I got the Jags out of the AFC South. Then the three wild card teams, I got the Ravens, the Dolphins, and the Jets. Okay. So you have three teams from the AFC East in the playoffs. Yep. So. And then you have the Chiefs coming out of the AFC, correct? Yep. Okay. So, I mean, you you have a good list. I mean, comparing to mine, it's relatively the same. I have 
the Chiefs coming out of the West like they will every year, probably for the next seven years. <laughs> uh, you have I have the Bengals coming out of the North. But like I said, any one of these teams can be in the play can win that division because mm-hmm. they're just so well rounded and they're just so good together. But they're just going to beat each other up. Like I wouldn't I would even be mad if the whole entire division split games with each other. Yeah. Like, if every team just went 2-2 two and two and you literally need a coin flip to decide, like, that's probably going to be a really good thing in football. Because you finally, like, the NFC East, or the NFC East last year with the, with the Giants, with the Cowboys, with the Eagles, you know, they all made the playoffs last year. Granted, the Eagles were the only one that found success, but the Giants also did beat our Vikings. Not yeah, happy about yeah. that at all, but they still made the playoffs, though. So, with the AFC North, any one of these teams can make the playoffs last year. I think it was just the Bengals that made it, because I think, didn't the Ravens slide out of it last year? It's a good question. I think you're going you're gonna to check that out, but any, one of, but any one of these teams can make the playoffs, so I, but I have the Bengals coming out of the North. Out of the AFC East, I still have the Bills, because they're, they're just a so good regular season performer, choking in the playoffs, but they're just so good in the regular season. And then in the South... I got the Jaguars, like what you said, because the Titans have no direction in where they're going. Uh, the Texans and the Colts now with the young quarterbacks, uh, they're going give to give them some time to build up. So, uh, But in my playoff spot, I, in a five slot, I do have, I'm going to put the Jets in the five slot. I'm going to put the Browns in the sixth slot. And then in the seventh slot, I'm going to put the Broncos. In that one, I, I'm not a big fan of the Chargers whatsoever. I think we talked about this earlier. Uh, Justin Herbert, he won the Offensive Rookie of the Year, but other than that, like, what else does he have to back up on his case? Like, if I ask you today, right now, is Justin Herbert a top five quarterback? No. Nope. Why not? He doesn't win. Yeah, that's the thing. He he's his record as a starter is literally. You want to know what it is? It's split five hundred. It is split 500. The The only thing going for him as a top five quarterback is his fantasy. Yeah. Because only does, because he throws for like 330 yards a game, and then he'll rush some more a little bit, but he just doesn't win. He'll give you the small wins, but then when it comes to the big wins, like remember, if you, was it just last year or a few years ago? No, it was a few years ago when the, them and the Raiders, all they needed to do was just tie and both of them were in the playoffs. Well, it was actually looking up to that. I don't know if the game was fixed in some way to make it look like that. <laughs> but then the Raiders, you know, gave him the big middle finger and says, nope, we're going to go to the playoffs, and bye-bye. We're, we're not going to have another division uh, member make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But it's going to be very interesting. I have the Bengals, though, coming out of the AFC. I think, uh, I don't want to say this year they step forward, but this is the, like their revenge season, you know, where... They arguably could have made the Super Bowl, could have won it again last season. Some calls didn't go their way. Something happened. Then they just didn't win at the end. Almost had it, but they just couldn't get it. I think, and then, you know, you have all those Chiefs fans saying, Mahomes is Joe Burrow's daddy and all that stuff. He's still one and three against Joe Burrow. Okay, calm down, Chiefs fans. Like, what the heck? But so I got the Bengals coming out. I think I have the. Bengals and the Chiefs in the AFC Championship, but I think uh, this time around, I think Joe Burrow is going to have revenge. He is a he's a dog, so he will come out. On to the NFC, though, Quas, who do you have? All right, NFC. 
I got the one seed, Philadelphia Eagles, out of the uh, NFC East. I got the Niners at the second seed out of the NFC West. Skull Vikings, Minnesota Vikings out of the NFC North as the three seed, and I got the Saints out of the NFC South. Then my wildcard teams, Cowboys, Giants, Lions. Okay. So pretty much split between two visions if it wasn't for the to be a division leader automatically qualify for the playoffs, which is mm-hmm. still dumb. Um, but let me ask you this, Quas, and we talked about this earlier, but not on here. The Lions are projected for, to win the NFC North. So not... Since we're both Vikings fans, I'm going to ask this question not as a Vikings fan, but more as a general uh, student of the game or just watching it as a fan, correct? Mm-hmm. Do you think the Lions are capable of winning the NFC North? I th- That's tough. I, I can see them winning the NFC North, but not this year. Not this year. I don't think they can do it this year. I, I, I'm, I'm a Dan Campbell believer. I'm, in, I'm a believer in biting kneecaps. Something they can do it this year. This, that, that defense, just, they just improved that defense enough. I'd say they lost it. Well, they tried to, but then, yeah. you know, C.J. Garner-Johnson, like what we mentioned earlier, tore his ACL. Now he's out for the year. So, But they also drafted Brian Branch, like what we mentioned. Maybe he's taking his spot. I don't know. I probably need Dylan or Trevor to talk about more Lions stuff. Maybe they'll chew our heads saying that yeah. they're not going to win the, the NFC North, but... I think the Lions are very capable, though, of winning the NFC North. I just think, though, the Vikings, some people are saying they're going to go 8-9 and nine or 7-10. and 10. I'm like, where does talk come from? Like, like yes, we, we lost guys, but we still replaced them with yeah. not better players, but younger players. You know, like the big one is Adam Thielen. You know, people are saying, well, who are you going to be able to replace? Because K.J. Osborne, he's still, he's a good wide receiver, too. But you still need that third guy to get your deep threat, your speed skill guy. Yep. And we got that in the guy I wanted all along in Jordan Addison. Yep. I thought we were too low to get him, but then he fell perfectly in our hands. And I was think, thanking God in the, in the Minnesota Vikings organization that they did not slip on him and take Zay Flowers instead. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I really want Jordan Addison. He reminds me a lot of Justin Jefferson in some ways. And just duplicate each other, and there you go. Then they... Released Dalvin Cook. We got Alexander Madison, who players, announcers, teams, fans have been saying he deserves an RB1 somewhere somewhere else. They moved on with Dalvin Cook, who went on to play, who on is now going to play for the Jets. Mm-hmm. So Alexander Madison finally gets that RB1 reps. And the defense, we added Byron Murphy Jr. Yeah. I did not think we were going to get him at all. I didn't even know we were pursuing him until finally he says, <laughs> we signed him. I'm like, oh. We actually have a corner now that can play. Yeah, we do, and, and we, and we draft. And of course, we've been drafting corners since 2015. Yeah. So we got uh, Mal- Mal- Malachi Blackman or yep. Makai Blackman, however you say his name, from U. Another player from USC, correct? Mm-hmm. So, um, but my NFC in the North, I have the Eagles. Obviously, I think I have them also coming out of the NFC. I think they they just they're just too dumb. If they if they repeat last year. Uh, and they also have better players too. They added Jalen Carter. They have Nolan Smith that they drafted. They picked up or they traded um, DeAndre Swift to them. And I thought there's another big signing that they had. I, don't know, I can't really think of it right now. But well, they got those two Georgia rookies on the defense. Yep, J- Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith. Mm-hmm. So if they repeat their success last year and add those guys defensively. And offensively as well, they're going to be a lot more better. 
but it all, the biggest question for the Eagles is: Can Jalen Hurts repeat success, or is this just a one-year big? Was this just a one-year thing? You know, uh, in the NFC East, or I already said the NFC East and the Eagles. NFC North, I'm still going to go with the Vikings, even though the Lions could potentially be dangerous this year. I just don't know. The Lions lost a lot of guys from last year's success team, and kind of replaced kind of replaced them. You know, that you have Jameer Gibbs replacing Jamal Williams. Uh, but you also have Jack Campbell replacing uh, Arizona. I think that's how you say his name. So, I think so. But I saw the Vikings come out of the North. I NFC West is hard, but it's gonna be. I feel like it's also gonna be easy. But I'm gonna have the Seahawks. I think coming out of that. I think I don't know Brock Purdy. He's got a lot to prove. You know, first season now as a true starter. Uh, he came in at the right time to be a starter. Can he duplicate that success as well? He can easily can. He's capable of it. He's done it at Iowa State. And but I think the Seahawks, though, they under Pete Carroll, I don't even know when that guy's gonna retire. If one of these days he's gonna be caught dead on national television. Never. He's never gonna retire. But I think the Seahawks though have the capabilities and now with drafting Jackson Smith and Jigba, they have a, and DK Metcalf together and Tyler Lockett. Mm-hmm. You know that receiver core is gonna be dangerous, and you still they still have Kenneth Walker, yeah. Geno Smith. If he's still the guy in Seattle, unless they're gonna draft a quarterback next year, it's I think the Seahawks, Seahawks can do it very, very well. And then in the NFC West, no NFC South, the worst division of all. Of all I'm gonna have the Carolina Panthers coming out of it. I'm not. I don't really know where the Saints are at. I mean, granted, you have Derek Carr and Jamal Williams, but like they're also putting mediocre, not kind of mediocre, well, mediocre players around the league, but like teams' best players and putting them together on a squad. I don't really know how it's going to work out. The Panthers, though, they do have weapons. It's just can Bryce Young deliver? Yeah. So the division leaders are Eagles, Vikings, Seahawks, Panthers. I think my wild card, I'm going to go with the Lions. I'm going to go with the 49ers, and I'm also going to go with the Cowboys. So and I have the Eagles, I have the Eagles, 49ers, and the NFC Championship. Granted, the wild card spot or the wild card 49ers go to the NFC Championship, but they're going to lose to the Eagles. So it's going to be Bengals and Eagles for my for my Super Bowl pick. Yeah, I got Eagles and Niners in the NFC title game, and I got the Eagles against the Chiefs and Eagles winning it all. Yeah, Eagles winning it all. I do. I I really don't know Bengals Eagles if that's a, if that's the Super Bowl it's gonna be so good I, I'm gonna have the Bengals be my my Super Bowl champion this year so all right so the Super Bowl gonna be coming in February we're gonna have a long 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 talk about this 17 weeks of NFL coming up uh, the best rivalries in all of college sports coming up next on the Sports Fan Show. This little fun segment, uh, the best rivalries in all the sports. Quas and I each made, a, or Josh and I, sorry, if I've been referencing Quas, it's because of Josh, obviously. I mean, there's no other person on the a pod here today. So, best rivalries, we're going to we're gonna go in all the sports, not just college, not just NFL, but in all the sports. So, NBA, MLB, NHL, I don't even care if it's MLS, all right? Just... You're going to list uh, the top 10 rivalries in all of sports. It's fine if we have doubles because obviously this is a list, not a draft. 
I'm going to have uh, Josh name his top 10. We're going to start from 10 and then work our way down to 1, if that's all right. Yep, I'm ready. All right, so give it away whenever. Give it away. All right, so at number 10, I got the bias pick here in me. I got the Minnesota-Wisconsin college football. And let's just say for a heads up, I, since you say you're biased, my 10 is going to be biased. But, yeah, go on. Yep. So I just chose Minnesota-Wisconsin. It's the longest running rivalry in college football. Series is tied at 62-62-8. and eight. Just a really good rivalry. At number 9, I Wisconsin's got— Wisconsin's going to win it. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> number 9, I got the Rangers and Islanders in hockey. Uh, this last year is really fun to watch these two teams because they're they're both really competitive this year, so that one made it. Number eight, Dodgers Giants can't go wrong with two California teams in baseball, and they even in the same division, always yep, fighting for division. a playoff spot. Yep. Number seven, Bama Auburn in football, the Iron Bowl, always good games to watch, always competitive, and uh, special moments too. You got the kick six, yep. you have uh, the miraculous upset that a few years ago when Auburn was like a two loss team. And they made the SEC championship. You have Alabama, just you know, it always seems like Auburn gets the big highlights, but yeah. Bama's been also dominating this series. Yeah. So, number six, I got Eagles Cowboys. Yes, the teams are competitive against each other, but it's fun to see those two fan bases go at it. I think I think the rivalry is more in the fan base than yeah. just the teams. Yeah, because I mean, those are the two biggest, most violent, weirdest fan bases I've seen. So and most are... annoying too. <laughs> Not wrong. Number five. Got a really good rivalry as of late, Ohio State-Michigan. I think not just as of late, but like in all time, too. Because yeah. like you think of all the great players Ohio State and Michigan have produced, and to see them go head-to-head against each other in the last game of the season. And it's always for that Big Ten East title. It's always, it's always mo- most of the time. L- lately it has been. Yeah. But, like, you know, in the past decade it's always been Ohio State. But, like, back then— these two teams were just violent to each other. So, number four, we got the Bears and Packers. Has been as competitive as late, but the history in that rivalry is just going like back all the now. way to the 1930s, yeah. 1940s. Yep, that's just same thing with number three that I got here, Duke, North Carolina. Oh. Just the history in that rivalry yeah. and basketball, not in football, yeah, y'all, yeah, but yeah, like football. in basketball. Great, a lot of great players. Michael Jordan, the big one for North mm-hmm. Carolina. Yep. Christian Leitner for Duke. Grant Hill. Uh, and then even just as of lately, too, like Bar- Marcus Page, you know, mm-hmm. from North Carolina. It's just crazy. Yeah. Number two, baseball here. We got the Red Sox and Yankees. Could you try again? Oh, my Apple Watch just went off, y'all. <laughs> Sorry about that. Go on. Yeah, Red Sox and Yankees. This year, the Red Sox are dominating that series, but, you know, it's, that's always good rivalry, especially in the, those early 2000s. That was fun. And the Yankees now below 500. Yeah, people they are, are below 500. They're going to the playoffs I, this year. I remember people were saying, like, these stat lines early in the year, saying, like, last time the Yankees did this, mm-hmm. they won a World Series this year. Can they win it? Yeah. No, they're, they're below 500. I think they're—are they last in their division? Yes, they are. Well, that's just something you don't see see from the Yankees mm. at all. I enjoy it, but... <laughs> I think all of America, except New York, likes it, <laughs> yeah. especially Boston. Exactly. And at number one, I got Lakers-Celtics, two, the two best NBA teams ever, championships-wise. Yeah. And not just everything. not just championship-wise, but also when you think of NBA, yeah. you think of Lakers-Celtics, especially yeah. Magic and Bird mm-hmm. together. I think if we were doing rivalries like... Individually, yeah. you know, they would they would easily be on top of the list. Oh yeah, for sure. So, uh, my ten bias pick is obviously a game that I also said earlier in the show: Iowa and Iowa State. Uh, granted, Iowa's 
dominated the series because yeah. at least in football and basketball too, it gets relatively heated as well. Mm-hmm. Iowa State uh, been the better team in basketball lately. I know Iowa's had some wins here and there, but like you have to be in Iowa to understand how big of a robbery this is. Mm-hmm. People, especially now, people on the outside are probably calling it who knows what. Um, great out of the news of what we've been hearing over the summer, but like nothing. That just doesn't matter anymore now in the state of Iowa. Now this week, you know, Iowa and Iowa State, they have those beers all listed out and for the NIL. Mm-hmm. People are going to be drinking a lot of them. That That's just what truly matters now in the state of Iowa. So number nine, uh, it's going to go on the baseball route of the Cardinals and Cubs. Once again, just local teams. You know, you've got the Chicago and St. Louis just bittering out together. And actually back in Iowa, this is probably what a house of divided looks like, you mm-hmm. know. My brother, he's a Cardinals fan. I'm a Cubs fan, but I also don't watch baseball, so like we can't yeah. really battle it out. I know my teammate, my bowling teammate Daniel. He's a he's a big Cardinals guy, and he does not like the Cubs yeah. at all. So nope. Uh, number eight. This is probably the only rivalry I know of hockey because of lately. I had to ask you about this because you're. I know you're kind of a not a big hockey guy, but you watch it a yeah. lot, right? I keep getting into it more and more every year. Yeah. So. Uh, as of lately, these teams have been meeting up in the playoffs. The Maple Leafs and the Lightning, they just yep. always seem to play each other in the playoffs. And they do. You think, oh, maybe it's the Maple Leafs year. Nope, they have to play the Lightning in the first round. It's like, ah, oh, come on, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, number seven, these two teams are going to be going to the SEC in Texas and Oklahoma. This is, you know, the Red River battle. Mm-hmm. It plays in the Cotton Bowl. And, you know, Lately, we, we saw Caleb Williams come, come back. We've seen uh, Texas kickers winning in the last minute. This rivalry just means a lot, especially to the South. And now to see that in the SEC, it's going to be hopefully they keep it yeah. as, as a conference game like tra- like traditionally, mm-hmm. as if like the Big Ten would. But well, I love this rivalry so much, not just as a Big 12 fan, but like just as a sports fan, this just means a lot. It does. Uh, number six, I'm going to go with the Iron Bowl in Alabama and Auburn, like what we mentioned earlier. The moments you remember, the kick six is the big one that a lot of people remember. It's just a really good rivalry. I think Al- they didn't one year, like, didn't Auburn or didn't Alabama fans like poison Auburn's tree? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> like, like okay. I wouldn't okay. be surprised if they did. I don't know. Maybe Auburn fans would be doing it this year to yeah. Alabama. Number five, like what you mentioned, Duke, North Carolina, especially in basketball. A lot of good players, a lot of good games. Just a really cool moment, no matter if it's at Duke or North Carolina. Number four, I'm going to go with the rivalry you did not mention in the NFL. I'm going to go Cowboys 49ers. You, I think of the 80s when you think of this list, like, Joe Montana, Steve Young, Troy Aikman, mm-hmm. Emmett Smith, all those guys playing together, and it always seemed to be for the Super Bowl. I, I think half the time, the four, like you know, half the time both these teams won. Uh, the Cowboys would split some, and the 49ers would split some. But it was such a good rivalry. It still is to this day. Yeah, it is. I remember last year the 49ers and the Cowboys played. They had this video play on, and it pl- and it showed those moments back in the day. That's when Terrell Owens stood on the Dallas Star. Yep. Uh, number three, Red Sox Yankees. This is also like, like what you mentioned. Both these teams hate each other. Mm-hmm. I know I have a friend back at home. Mike, his name is Micah. Uh, he's a big Red Sox fan. He despises the Yankees. <laughs> he's also a Packers fan too. But like, yeah, <laughs> it's just what? Hey, Micah, what are we doing? I mean, he's not a terrible Packers fan. I also yeah. have another friend back at home. His name's Griffin. He's like, Jordan loves winning MVP. Packers going undefeated this year. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you're the reason why I hate the Packers, yeah, probably. Exactly. 
Number two, Lakers, Celtics. Uh, like what we mentioned, iconic brands, not just in basketball, but in all sports. And you think of NBA, if you ask an older person, they're probably going to say Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. And then number one, Ohio State, Michigan, especially as of lately. Mm-hmm. This is determined not only the Big Ten West or Big Ten East, it's determined college football playoffs, it's determined national championships. It It's just crazy to think of how, how back this rivalry goes to and how important this is to both fan bases, but not just to both fan bases, but to the whole college landscape itself. Mm-hmm. It's just a truly one of the best rivalries in all the sports. So, yeah, uh, look that out on Instagram. Josh, thank you so much for coming on. I know yeah, you have no practice here. Yeah, I know you have practice here in like a little bit, so we got to hurry up and get you going, get you out of here so you can start bowling. Oh, yeah, so excited. <laughs> Any methods I can do to tick you off so you can get your perfect 300? Uh, no, I don't think so. Except steal my bowling balls. Okay. I'll get mad. Yeah, but you, I wouldn't get far anyways. <laughs> how how uh, much weight do you have on your bowling balls? Uh, like, they're like, 15 pounds each, and I usually bring 11 bowling balls with to a tournament. Yeah, I can't do that. So that's that's a lot of weight. That's like 165 pounds. See, and you carry that all on your shoulders? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Backpack on my back, and then I got three, three, three ball rollers, so nine on my hands and two on my back. Jeez. Ah, something, <laughs> something I can't do. Well, thank you again for coming on. Uh, do you want to give yourself a, a shout-out, like on Instagram or Twitter? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, at Joshua Quas. And if you want to go on Snapchat, jquas 77 Oh, there you go. Get connections with a D1 athlete in bowling. Oh, Just, yeah. So, thank you again so much for coming on. It's been such a blast to have you on. And a blast. stay in tune for uh, the next episode. We'll recap the top five college games and uh, top five, or we'll also go over the NFL as well. And then who knows, maybe we'll cover a different sport or maybe a new segment. In case you have to find that out on the next episode of the Sports Fan Show, or follow on Instagram at all lowercase at the Sports Fan Show. And then also follow our Twitter, Sports Fan Show. It's going to be such a blast, y'all. So. Josh, once again, thank you for coming on. No problem. So, all right. Have a good rest of your day, guys. And remember, I'm a sports fan, and I give sports fan takes. Thank you for listening.